This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be Modernism is a mindset more than it is a state of life. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have. All that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. I know I've covered this topic at least tangentially in this podcast channel. Um, I actually did an episode on my original podcast channel, but this is, I, 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 the way I feel I'm being led is, is that this is probably going to have to be one of my main themes running through this podcast. Now I never get tired of saying. I I have some very strong doubts. That any actual set of accountants. Actually listen to me. And I never get tired of saying. That that's fine. You know. I believe in divine providence. Um, it, these, these episodes will get out. If, if they are indeed from God and his blessed mother, they will get out when they want them to get out. But I feel compelled to hit on this topic because as I said in a previous episode, you have clergies and prelates 
who are tossing around the word modernist and, you know, they're, they're using it as a insult. You know, they're using it as an insult. Like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I just wonder, not really wonder, but it, I would be curious to find out how many, uh, how many ignorant set of a contest or neo-traditionalist youngsters, and when I say youngsters, I'm talking 25 and below, call their secular counterparts modernist, and the other person's like, what are you talking about, brah? What are you talking about? What does that mean? What are you talking about? I honestly and truly believe that even the priests and prelates don't understand what they're talking about. If the quote that I have, and, you know, once again, 98% of the material that you get online is Vatican II crap. So you're never sure of the purity of the actual quote. But one of the quotes that I have is, is, I believe C.K. Chesterton saying something, or actually, I don't even think it might have been C.K. Chesterton. There, it was either a Catholic saint or a spiritual writer who said, to actually practice your faith is no longer to be a modernist. And honestly... That's all you need to know. Okay? The reason why I bring up the priests and prelates is, well, modernism is a poison. Modernism is a poison. It is. But we, we are like the mutated fish in a polluted river. Okay? We are deformed. And we are degraded, but we are still we are still a product of living in the polluted waters. I can't make it any simpler than that, okay? These same priests and prelates who who decry the modernism still use the terms liberal and conservative theologically. Political terms for theology. Unlike a lot of people on the internet, I don't claim to have 150 IQ. And I try to limit my 300 IQ takes to myself. But I don't think you need 150 IQ to understand that Theological vocabulary is orthodoxy, unorthodoxy. And political um, 
vocabulary is, and that's the thing about modern political vocabulary. There are dozens of words for different political positions, but the ones in vogue are conservative and liberal amongst people who consider themselves true Catholics. And I will ask this question ad nauseum. I don't care. What does conservatism and uh, liberalism have to do with God's ultimate truth? Now, I will invite you, you 300 IQ takers out there, I will invite you. If you can tell me, if you can tell me how, what conservatism and liberalism have to do with Catholic theology, if you can show me how using political terms in theological um, and theological ideas is compatible, I will go publicly and I will I will retract and I will apologize because as near as I can tell, they're they're inconsistent. You know, the the old cliche, apples and oranges, they're literally apples and oranges. At least in apples and oranges, they're both fruit. In this case, you have political terms being used in theological discussions. And once again, as modernists, we got to make things all epic and more complicated than they have to be. In my theological discussions, I prefer the terms orthodox, unorthodox. If you are unorthodox, then you are a heretic. Because I don't claim to have 150 IQ. I'd be the first to tell you um, my intellectual achievements, first of all, which aren't mine, they're God's, but attainments, I'm sorry, not achievements, attainments are very limited. So I'm not claiming to be the smartest guy in the room. I like simple concepts and I like simple terms. Now, obviously, in Catholic theology, such things as uh, transubstantiation, the Holy Trinity, predestination, these, these are very... I, I, I think the, the, the one saint in Catholic history who came closest to understanding the um, subtleties of these theological concepts with St. Thomas Aquinas. There are very few, as near as I can tell, people living in present era who I think can do St. Thomas Aquinas justice. Because we are living in degraded times and we are degraded as people. Okay? Now, 
don't get me wrong, I have the highest regard for Sedvacantist prelates. I do. Bishop Dolan, God rest his soul, and for that matter, Bishop, uh, Father Chicada, I, 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 I thought that they were beautiful souls. But as intelligent as these guys were, um, and I think that if we are blessed enough to get into heaven and we're able to ask them, they'd be the first to tell you that there were saints before them that whose shoes they weren't even fit to tie, intellectually speaking, of course. Because I do believe that these were pious and devout men. And for that matter, the, 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 the prelates alive today are giants for today. But... um. Oh, I don't want to get into the whole comparison. This is about modernism. And my core concept is is to no longer... Well, first of all, we are modernists by default because society... And culture is modernist and has been since the Protestant revolt. So we're all modernists. So when people rant and rail about modernists, they're railing against themselves. Whether they know it or not, they're modernists. Now, because people are individuals, we all vary our degrees of modernism. So I wanted to kind of refine my idea. And my, my idea is, is to actually to, to at least to at least be a minimum modernist is to live live not talk about, not define, not read about it in a book, but actually live your faith honestly and sincerely. And for that, that's a mindset. Because one of the principal um, teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas that even a moron such as myself can understand is, is that in order to have faith, faith is a intellectual assent to God's truth. And when I say God's truth, I'm talking about his ultimate truth because all God's truth is the ultimate truth. But it's a lot of people are under the misapprehension that somehow or another that because you can you could discuss the Baltimore Catechism or you could discuss church history or you can uh, 
uh, verbally break down the writings of the saints. Let's say St. Francis de Sales, uh, St. Louis de Montfort, uh, St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Catherine of Siena. That somehow or another, this, this means that you're not a modernist. That's garbage. St. Paul in his epistles teaches that you can expound all day on the truths of the Catholic religion, God's truth, pre-Vatican II, of course. And if you don't have charity, you are a banging symbol. Okay? You're a noisy little gong. Because charity is at the heart. And once again, you don't need to have 150 IQ if you've even read your catechism, because it's right there in the catechism, that the charity is the first of the theological virtues. Okay, charity is loving God for God's sake and loving your neighbor for his sake. What do I mean by his sake? What I mean is, is that if you realize from the bottom of your heart just how blessed you are, number one, to even be in the truth and realizing your utter dependency upon God and his blessed mother, then you have to love your neighbor because if you're a convert like myself, I won't bother to speak about people who were actually raised this way, in the truth, I mean. If you love God and God wanted you to be, you know, to have access to his truth, to give you the grace to desire him and his blessed mother above all other things, why would you not want your fellow human beings, why would you not show them the same love and respect that Mother Mary and Lord Jesus gave you? It's, it's not a complicated concept. You know, we only make it more complicated because of who we are. You know, we are modern human beings. Making things more complicated is what we are and what we do. It's really not any more difficult than all that. Charity is the number one theological virtue. It's where the other uh, virtues spring from. And nobody is born charitable, not with the perfect charity of God and his blessed mother. Nobody's born with that. You, you have to love Jesus and his blessed mother above all else and live your faith. Okay? And part of living your faith is to show charity 
to everybody. Now, I could talk about the hypocrisies, but I already have ad nauseum. And quite frankly, it's just, I'm beating a dead horse until I'm getting horse sticks at this point. So I'm not going to. I'm going to, I'm going to confine myself for this episode into talking about how to no longer, or at least, um, at least, to not be modernist in your thought processes is to live your faith. Because too many people want to turn our faith into an a, a academic exercise. Or, or they want to turn it into an apologetic exercise. Now, don't Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that apologetics don't have their place. But given time and era that we live in, most people's minds are hermetically hermetically sealed against anything that they find off-putting, troubling, or, or to use a favorite internet expression, problematic. Okay? So... And, you know, take it for what it's worth. In the secular realm, you know, um, when I tried to point out the cognitive dissidence of some of the uh, political beliefs held by various people on social media, their first reaction was to shut me down quicker than Oh, I don't know. Say Trump's uh, house in Mar-a-Lago got shut down by Mr. Biden's uh, alphabet soup government agencies. Um... Not only is it a way of thinking, but if you're actually practicing God's truth, and obviously when I'm talking about God's truth, I'm talking about pre-Vatican II Catholicism. And for my newer listeners, what you think of as the Catholic Church, the church that came after the Vatican II Council, It's an imposter. It's fake. It's not real. It's meant to discredit God's truth here on earth. And when I say God's truth, I'm not talking about the Vatican II sect. I'm not talking about, that's not God's truth. It's meant to discredit the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church. Because any good strategist will tell you, if you cannot, if you cannot denigrate the institution itself, you slip your own people into that institution and you corrupt it from within, and then you tar 
the previous institution that you want to discredit with your own infiltrators so that people equate the, the true institution with the false institution. Once again, this is not a difficult concept to grasp. Any, well, <laughs> I was going to say any good intelligence agent could tell you this, but seeing since how most intelligence agents are Masonic sock puppets, they're not going to tell you that, but that's what they do. So when most people hear the word Catholic, they think of Mr. Bergoglio, they think of the Pacama incident, they think of the various errors and heresies and blasphemies and um, um, sacrileges committed by the Vatican II Church with the true Catholic Church. And part of this is made easier by the fact that in conjunction with taking over the, uh, the true Catholic Church and discrediting it visibly, they've also degraded society to such an extent that critical thinking skills which are necessary in order to recognize you're being sold a false bill of goods, are non-existent. They're not there. So when they see Mr. Bergoglio with his little clown nose, when they see um, Mr. Dolan, and when I say Mr. Dolan, I'm not talking about the uh, blessed bishop Sedvacantis uh, Bishop of the same name who recently passed. I'm talking about that uh, arch layman that presides over the quote-unquote diocese of New York City who wore a cheese head to a mass. And I gotta, I gotta admit, I used to get mad about society and culture because they're not serious. But that is also on purpose. Because even the most degraded modernist, if you're not acting seriously, how are they going to take you seriously? If you don't practice what you mean, if you don't mean what you say, how are they going to take you seriously as a person or as an institution, for that matter? And here's the thing, is that the, the degraded modernists, they, 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 they you know, the reason why they write off the Vatican II Church is very simple. It's not serious. And so, your degraded modernist, and we're all degraded modernists of one form or another, 
when somebody actually, I don't know, says what they mean, mean what they say, does what they say they're going to do, it confuses us. Because we're scratching our heads, wait a minute, this guy means what he says. How how is this possible? You know, when Mr. Putin says, knock it off NATO, quit screwing around in Ukraine or I'm going to invade it. And by the way, I'm not saying Mr. Putin is not a Mason. He probably is. But what I'm saying is, when he says, knock it off, or I'm going to invade the, invade the Ukraine, and does it, people are all, oh. he, he did what he said he was going to do. Oh my gosh. How this happened? A serious person, and I don't care what walk of life you live under, Um, they don't BS, okay? They don't kind of mean what they say. They don't kind of do what they say they're going to do. They do it. And those with the courage of their convictions are actually willing to suffer the consequences of their actions. Which, and I got kind of got sidetracked on the worldly examples. Let's let's go back to the original topic. Living your faith. Part of living your faith means that you're willing to take the consequences for your belief. Now, I do realize there's a certain segment of Sedeq contests out there who think, well, I'm going to form my little community and uh, when the forces of masonry come, come to round everybody up, we're going to fight them. Okay, well, that's forgetting the spiritual aspect of what Jesus taught, which was, or is, I should say, those who would save their lives for their own sake will lose it. Those who will lose their lives for my sake will gain it. Okay, now to me, this is just me, I take Jesus at his word. That seems to be pretty straightforward. But for those people who have to overthink things, let me spell it out for you. What he's saying is, we're all called to be martyrs in one form or another. There's either the spiritual martyrdom of giving up the things that you love, which are not mortally sinful, or for that matter, venial sinful, for the sake of your fellow human beings so that you can, you know, with your prayers and your sacrifices, hopefully, Lord willing, can get them into heaven, or there's the actual physical martyrdom that when the local government agency rolls through wherever you're living, kicks in your door, and says, renounce Jesus Christ or die, you, tell, you look him dead in the eye and say, go pound sand. 
ain't, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't doing it. Okay? Another part of modernism is, is the appeal to authority and to look at a person on a surface level. Okay? Um, and I've run into this attitude online, as I've stated before, where Sedevacantus, well, you're not a priest, you're not a bishop, you're a new convert, what do you know? I'm, I'm not claiming any special authority. I'm not a saint, not a prophet, and I'm definitely not a priest or bishop. Because if I were, I'd be preaching this stuff. Well, in all fairness, as said contest priests and bishops, they are preaching this from the pulpit. But apparently, the, the, the 300 IQ takers that make comprise of, not all of them, but a lot of them who comprise of said contest onliners have not gotten the memo yet. Because they're obviously... Like I said, I, I listen to the Sedvacantis uh, bishops and prelate. Uh, I'm sorry, priests and bishops, their sermons. I listen to them. They are preaching on this stuff, but you'd never know it by the online behavior, behavior of their followers. And... As long as I'm warming up to the topic, like I said, we tend to make everything more epic than it is. Here's a simple concept. Do you not realize when you are acting like a little click online, a little exclusive click of you and your little community? And you're acting like arrogant, self-righteous a-holes online. That you're discrediting the one true Catholic Church on earth. Not only are you discrediting them, but by extension, you are discrediting Lord Jesus and his blessed mother. Because, you know... You treat, you treat the degraded modernist normies in contempt. Well, these people, just like me, are not as dumb as you think they are. They're smart enough to see your bad behavior. And they see it and they say, well, I want no part of this. This is a bunch of nonsense. You know, these people are acting no better than I would. Why would I want to be a part of their cause? And by the way, it's not your cause. It's Jesus Christ and his blessed mother's cause and the heavenly kingdom. Check your ego at the door. This isn't about you. It's not about me. 
It's about trying to get people on the ark of salvation, which is the one true Catholic church. Anything else is just a, um, it's just a rationalization. And it occurred to me the other day, I was thinking about this. I talk about a guy in my life who was a big influence. And I always remembered that he taught me about credibility. And I'd forgotten another aspect that he taught me about was rationalizations. Because whenever I screwed up, and he, he'd take me aside and say, you know, Hey, you're wrong. And I would give him some lame excuse of literal rationalization. He'd say, that's a rationalization. You know better than this. Stop it. It's the same thing. None of us has any claim. None of us has any claim to being better than anyone else on this earth. And as I've stated previously, the only people who can make that claim are the saints. But because we don't have a true magisterium right now, unfortunately, unless we get to heaven, we're not going to find out who those saints were. But those are the only people who have a leg to stand on when it comes to holiness, piety, and devotion. None of us otherwise doesn't. And if you try to argue otherwise, once again, it's just a rationalization. It's not a real reason. You're rationalizing your bad behavior. That's what it boils down to. And I'm going to... I'm going to uh, talk about one last aspect before I uh, end this episode. Before you can change your mindset, you have to be humble enough to allow Lord Jesus and his blessed mother to change your heart. Because without a true and genuine conversion in your heart to those to blessed people. And they are people. You know, part of being a modernist is, is we treat his uh, Lord Jesus' blessed mother, the, the Father, uh, the Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost, like it's. These are people. There's a reason why in every good Catholic catechism, they, they refer to the Holy Trinity as persons. And because, you know, making things more difficult than they have to do or have to be is a thing in present society, I'm, I'm going to boil this down. Would you refer to your mother as an it? Would you refer to your father as an it? Would you refer to your wife or husband as an it? Would you refer to your grandparents as an it? Of course not. Now, I'm not saying that the average a uh, person who considers themselves true Catholic runs around and considers uh, Lord Jesus or the Blessed Mothers as its. But if, if you have not allowed them 
to convert your heart to the truth and you don't start living that truth as a mindset, you might as well call them an it because you're not treating them like people. You know, if your father or mother, wife or husband says, hey, you should do this, this and this. And you say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't do it. You're not taking them seriously. And that's one aspect of modernism that I cannot abide. The same people who claim to love the Lord Jesus and his blessed mother. Um, who from outward appearances don't seem like they're taking them very seriously are taking seriously the, the crap that goes on in this world, which is controlled, once again, by the satanic Masonic sock puppets. Okay? We're to put our hope, our faith, our confidence, and our charity in our Lord Jesus Christ, His Blessed Mother, the Holy Trinity, the Heavenly Kingdom, and the One True Catholic Church. Anything outside of that is a literal waste of time. Once again, not a complicated idea. Now, I kind of moved off of what I was trying to get to. So, we need to have a true conversion in our hearts in order so that we may get the mindset of being humble servants of the King of Heaven and His Queen, His Mother. Okay? If you're only paying lip service you, you, if you treat it as, as an academic exercise, you're not their true servant. You're not humble. You know, um, I'm going to wrap up here. I think one of the reasons that I got attracted when I knew that Catholicism was the answer the true religion, that is. And obviously I was in the Vatican II sect when I came to this realization, but you got to start somewhere. And that's another mistake that a lot of modernists make. You know, some of us were not blessed to be raised instead of Vacantis families. Some of us had to make the long, hard journey with God's, with Lord Jesus' grace and his blessed mother's grace. And you got to start somewhere. For me, it was the Vatican II sect. But when I was going through those classes, one of the biggest draws for me that I knew was the truth was the majority of the concepts. And when I say the majority, I, I, if I hazard a guess, it'd be 90% of the concepts 
that are taught in the pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church. They're very simple concepts. You just have to have enough humility to leave your baggage at the door. You know, what you think you know, what you've been taught, your pride, your egoism, your selfishness. It's very simple to me. You know, I won't speak for anyone else. To me, the simplicity of the true Catholic Church is what really drew me in. And I may be late to the party in getting serious about my faith, but being the old man that I am, we used to have a saying, better late than never. So while I still have time, while I still have breath and my rapidly decaying body, I'm going to do the best I can to serve Lord Jesus and his blessed mother, whatever the consequences. I don't care. Literally don't. And just for further clarification, I think I said this in a previous episode. I'm, I, I, I hope and pray that if for whatever reason I am not doing God's will as he intends it, his divine providence, and if I fail him and his blessed mother, and I have to go to hell as a result, I hope and pray for the grace that if that's the case, to, to recognize the fact he didn't fail me, I failed him. Because at the end of the day, that's personal responsibility. You know, not rationalization. Well, it was the priest's fault. Oh, it was my parents' fault. No, you're responsible for your own destination. And I'm going to do what I can. Of, of course, with the Blessed Mothers and Lord Jesus, um, their help and the help of the saints and the Holy Trinity. But, you know, hopefully I'm making, I'm making my own person, my mind, my soul, and my body a willing instrument of divine providence. There are no, there are no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There are no uh, assurances. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Mother Mary. There are no assurances, especially now. I mean, if you read the writings of Father de Cassad to he he was a spiritual advisor to a uh, convent of nuns. He he kept telling them. 
you know, all she can do is the best you can. All she can do is the best you can and have faith, confidence, hope, and charity that the Lord Jesus and his blessed mother will help you out to do the rest. Matter of fact, I've got a quote that I wrote down, mainly for my own purposes, but I like to share what I like. Okay, so this is his quote. I think he was writing to a particular nun. He said, take this advice for yourself. Have patience and let God do the work. That is a quote from Abandonment to Divine Providence. Okay? One last thing and then I will close out. Um... Part of making things more complicated than they have to be is the aspect of people who have to know everything. Why, what, where, when, how. This is why I stress divine providence. Because with divine providence, once again, to quote Father Dikasad, um, Ours is not to understand the will of God. Ours is to do it as best as we understand it. Once again, very simple concept. But we as moderns, we take it and we make it more complicated than it has to be. Anyway, I think I've covered this pretty good. So... I want to thank you for listening. I, I do appreciate people who do listen. And I hope and pray that everything I talk about on both my channels is a blessing in one form or another. I truly mean that. Because that's the whole purpose behind what I'm doing. I just want to be in my own limited way, a blessing to other people. I do pray for everybody. And I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And I do care in my own flawed way about everybody. But at the end of the day, all I can do is put out the word. The rest is up to you. So, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Sex minus wein are heimer, vera, jäume de gulle ball. 
Det är sex på Heidningsland och Röjne det gön i Kalle. Ria dig ut ur Frankländer med dyre dras i sadel. Läs i dörren olivant och rusa pollen. Vunde dig upp det silkesegel högt upp i seglerå. Så seglar dig på Heidningsland och i virke vi kunde två. Ria dig ut ur Frankländer med Läs i luren, olivan på rusar håll. 